Welcome back to Fall Classic Rewind, the stories behind the World Series. Today, we're going to be continuing our coverage of the 2023 playoffs with the ALDS matchup between Houston and Minnesota. We just covered uh, Texas over Baltimore, sweeping them in three series in the ALDS to advance to the ALCS for the first time since 2015. And of course, Bruce Bochy uh, becoming just the seventh manager to take three teams to the LCS or further. Dusty Baker, of course, manager of the Astros, is one of the seven managers on that list. We've also covered the wild card rounds, and we're going to be continuing coverage with the uh, uh, with the National League side of the bracket uh, in the days to come in the lead up to the NLCS. With the ALCS starting tomorrow, uh, I wanted to make sure we covered the American League side of the of the bracket uh, before that series starts. So, Houston and Minnesota, Minnesota, the AL Central champs, breaking that 18-game losing streak, looking to advance to the ALCS for the first time since 2002, led by manager Rocco Baldelli, top of that rotation with Pablo Lopez and Sonny Gray, who were fantastic against the Blue Jays. Royce Lewis is looking like a playoff star. Carlos Correa rounding himself back into form you know, both at the plate and on defense. Importantly on defense, Carlos Correa is a wizard out there at shortstop. You know, and they've got young players and veterans. Like, that's a core there in Minnesota that some of them actually do have playoff experience, right? Not playoff, not much of playoff success, but they were there on the 2017 wildcard team, guys like Max Kepler and Jorge Polanco, um, you know, and, you know, they're a team that they might strike out a bit, but they've got power. They can draw walks, and they've got pitchers who can strike guys out too. Um, with Yohan Duran in the back of the bullpen and Griffin Jacks and all those, and Brock Stewart, like they're a formidable team. Um, but the Astros, they're not scared of anything, man. <laughs> right? You know, and especially with, you know, Lopez is not going to be able to pitch until game two and gray won't be able to pitch until game three, you know, early on advantage Astros. Right. And that's the point of being one of the top two teams. And, uh, you know, dusty Baker fourth straight year that they've made the postseason with him. These Astros have made the playoffs seven straight years, gone to six straight ALCS has won six of seven division titles won two World Series. They've been to four. This core is outstanding, right? Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, Kyle Tucker, Jordan Alvarez, Framber Valdez, Christian Javier. Oh, by the way, they got Justin Verlander back, right? You know, there have been some pieces that have moved in and out, right? They had da- Dallas Keuchel. Then they brought in Garrett Cole in the rotation. Then they brought in Zach Greinke, right? Don't forget that. Lance McCullers has been there, but he's been out. Charlie Morton was there, and then they brought in other guys like Jake Odorizzi, you know? So there's been guys who have cycled through. On the offensive front, had George Springer and Carlos Correa, now they're out, you know? But Alvarez and Tucker are the sort of new, young, strong players. 
Jeremy Pena won championship series MVP and world series MVP last year, right? It's amazing for this team, right? This team that has so much success, right? Sometimes teams have success and then they have a little bit of a championship hangover. There was a bit of a championship hangover for these Astros, but it had more to do with injuries, right? Jose Altuve missed the first couple of months after getting hurt in the WBC. Jeremy Pena really struggled. Christian Javier didn't blossom into an ace as many of us expected him to do. And some of the, that young pitching didn't, didn't, didn't pan out. Lance McCullers got hurt. You know, there were, there were issues in the bullpen and all of that. But ultimately when it came down to it, especially after getting Justin Verlander back, this team figured it out, right? You know, Jose Abreu, who was supposed to come in and fix the problems at first base was awful to start the season. Turns out, he might have just been hurt, right? He he ended up going on the IL with a back issue, comes back, and he's been on fire and is going to continue to be scorching hot. Like, this is the thing, what you're going to see with this team, the defending World Series champions with Dusty Baker at the helm, who's, you know, he's got that World Series now, so he's golden, right? And he's hungry. This team is hungry. And they're scary, scary good. But they've got a formidable opponent in the in in Minnesota, a team that you're not going to want to give opportunities to because they will take advantage. They absolutely did against the Blue Jays, and with their pitching, you know, Houston's Houston's bats are going to need to show up in this series. We're going to have a lot to talk about these teams. We're going to get to know them through this uh, through this awesome, very entertaining series. And we'll get into all of that and the matchup between Dusty Baker and Rocco Baldelli, the Astros versus the Twins, starting at Minute Maid Park in game one. We'll get into all of that after a word from our sponsor. You might not know it, but Australians love America's pastime too. And the coolest cat in the game is Dusty Baker, an all-time great who is headed for Cooperstown. And we enjoy the fact that Dusty loves Aussie's own tea tree oil toothpicks. That's right. Whenever you see Dusty twirling on a toothpick, you know it's a mint-flavoured Australian tea tree therapy brand. He's been twirling on our brand for years. It's got that intense flavour and a blunt end that makes it a delight for chewing. And you don't need a map of the outback or a jackaroo guide to find tea trees. Now, you can do just like Dusty and order up a package from Amazon or any of your other favorite online retailers. Tea tree therapy brand toothpicks from Australia. Suck on that way, don't you, mate? Now, I mentioned that some of the twins have postseason experience. Obviously, the guy with the most is Carlos Correa, like who's in heading into this series already in the top five all time in postseason RBI. Right. And funny enough, I believe he's like either second or third in all time in playoff win probability added, which is, you know, it adds up it's an advanced stat or whatever, you know, David Ortiz is number one all time, which should be unsurprising. 
Um, but otherwise the twins are relatively inexperienced. You know, guys basically had some games, but very little experience. And the guy starting from them is Bailey Ober, a guy with no postseason experience, a guy who has had times of being a solid pitcher, but also got like sent down uh, at different times. So, you know, the twins, the top two of their rotation are great. Uh, they have some young, exciting players, but you're going up against the Astros who are the epitome of postseason tested, battle tested, and have some of the greatest postseason performers of all time. And part of that's going to play in, or, you know, we're going to come up to multiple sort of guys uh, on the brink of history or in all over the record books. One of those guys is Justin Verlander, who is starting for the Astros in this game. The all-time postseason strikeout leader, past John Smoltz last year, um, up there in innings and wins. By the way, on the pitching side, Ryan Presley heads into the series top five all-time in postseason saves behind only Dennis Eckersley, Brad Lidge, Kenley Jansen, all those guys that are at like 15, 18, and 20, respectively. And then there's Mariano Rivera at 42, which no one is ever going to touch, right? Just absurd. (laughs) I just, you go and look at Mariano Rivera's playoff career and it just, it boggles the mind. But anyway, Justin Verlander has had his struggles in the World Series and and in various playoff series, but He's playoff tested, man. He's awesome. And he's going to be really, really good in this game. It's funny to see Justin Verlander pitch now, right? I remember early Justin Verlander in his career. He was this a fireballer, right? But especially the way how he pitched was, all right, it would be 92 to 94 for most of the early innings, mix in some breaking balls. But as we get late in the game, here's 98 to 101. Uh, down the stretch of the game because y'all ain't touching me. He he was the the guy who would save it in the tank. He doesn't have the 101 uh, in the back of the tank anymore. It's a lot more breaking balls, but man, uh, you really get to see some good work from him, you know, actually at the start of this game, uh, getting a ground ball double play in the first inning, working out of a jam despite actually allowing three base runners in the first inning. But one of the guys who is in the postseason record books, right? If I were to tell you the top five all-time in postseason home runs, right? Manny Ramirez, number one at 29 home runs. Yeah, you'd expect that. Bernie Williams has 22. He's he's third. Derek Jeter has 20. Albert Pujols is up there. George Springer, former Astro, with 19, uh, just outside the top five. But Jose Altuve, who entered this postseason with 23 home runs, is number two all-time in postseason home runs. All the way up there in like the top three in runs scored. He's like in the top 10 in runs driven in, postseason at-bats and all that stuff. Jose Altuve is a postseason veteran, a postseason star, and he is going to start off his 2023 postseason with something he's never done before in the postseason, but he's done a lot in the regular season. He's going to start off these playoffs for the Astros with a bang. And field shades him slightly to pull, and the first pitch by Ober. And Altuve rips it deep to left field. 
That ball is hooking. If it stays fair, it's gone. And it is a home run. A leadoff homer for Jose Altuve. one nothing Astros. One pitch into the bottom of the first. That's 24 jacks in his postseason career now for Altuve. Second most all-time behind Manny Ramirez is 29. What a way to start. Well, welcome to the postseason, Bailey Ober. Jose Altuve, 35 career leadoff home runs before today, all in the regular season. That's his first ever postseason leadoff homer. That's the great Robert Ford and Steve Sparks on the Houston Astros radio network, BKME, uh, making the call there with Altuve, sending one into the Crawford boxes. Man, Altuve is so incredible for, you know, such a little guy, but that, that real powerful swing, swinging at pitches over his head. But I mean, it's incredible. Like when we're going to look back, at the Hall of Fame career of Jose Altuve and what he's done in the postseason. Like, it's just staggering, right? But that's what happens. Like, like how did Derek Jeter and Bernie Williams accumulate so many postseason records, right? Well, it's because they were in the postseason every year and they went deep into the postseason every year. Altuve, Bregman, all of these other guys adding their names into the wrecking into the record book. I mean, mm, what a way to start. Now, Ober does settle down here in the first inning, gets Bregman to pop out, strikes out Jordan Alvarez. He does give up a double to Kyle Tucker, but gets Jose Abreu to pop out. Um, we have zeros traded uh, for for the next couple of half innings. You know, Verlander again uh, lets on two more base runners and then gets a double play uh, from Michael A. Taylor. Um, but we're going to go, we're going to go to the bottom of the third. Ober's able to get Jose Altuve to fly out, uh, to pop out. Uh, but then he get uh, he ends up hitting Alex Bregman with a pitch, meaning Jordan Alvarez comes up with a runner on. And there are a few hitters more scary more intimidating, more threatening than Jordan Alvarez. I mean, it's it's almost like the Terminator, right? Like he he he's this big, intimidating dude who just takes really quick, short but powerful hacks up there at the plate. And when when he squares them up, man. They go far. So you better not miss in the middle of the plate. Because Jordan Alvarez, he likes to do stuff like this when it gets to the postseason. 31 homers on the season for Jordan, 26 years old. There's one out with the runner on first. Over delivers. And that one's hammered! See, senor! Deep into the seats in right field. He got the changeup and was all over it.
3-0 Astros on a pair of homers. Seventh career postseason home run for Jordan Alvarez. You called it, Steve. He was sitting on that changeup. Now, it wasn't a very good one. It was down the middle. And Alvarez did not miss it. He rarely does. That home run given up there is especially crushing considering the fact that in the first three innings, the Twins have had runners in scoring position every single time, right? They've had doubles, they've had walks, and yet they've been kept off the scoreboard. Verlander, kind of master escape artist, um, made some really effective pitches, but also guys being maybe a little over-aggressive, a little too amped up and stuff like that. But the easiest way to score, the most efficient route, it's hitting homers in the postseason, man. Like, that's what makes the difference. It can jump you out to leads. It can get you back into ball games. Keep that in mind as this game goes along. Um, but those can be kind of crushing early on. And, man, that the Astros lineup is stacked, right? They have guys up and down the lineup who can punish you. And Altuve and Alvarez, sort of the prime suspects here. Verlander continues putting up zeros and uh, the twins end up having to go to the bullpen, right? Uh, they bring in Ken, uh, they bring in Kenta Maeda, um, who works around a jam in the fourth inning to keep the Astros off the scoreboard, but is unable to keep them off in the fifth inning. Bregman and Alvarez end up getting on with a single and a walk. Uh, then Jose Abreu ends up bringing in a run. His po- first postseason RBI is an Astro. Chaz McCormick then uh, gets a, gets a two-out uh, uh, RBI, but Abreu gets thrown out at home plate. But after all that, it's 5 nothing, 5 nothing Astros. And Verlander caps off six scoreless innings. You've got your bullpen set up exactly how you would like. But this is where things get interesting. This is where things get interesting. Hector Neris, who's been very, very effective, was very effective last year with the Astros, but sometimes command can get the best of him. He ends up hitting Matt Wallner to lead off the thing and then gives up a base hit, right? But he then responds with back-to-back strikeouts of Willie Castro and Eddie Julian. But that brings up Jorge Polanco, the guy who uh, is the longest tenured twin, I believe, has been kind of jumped around with 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 different guys in, in the lineup. He's jumped around to, from third to short to second and, and all of that. But he steps in in this 5-0 ball game. And with one swing of the bat, like I said earlier, home runs, they matter so much. They can get you leads but they can also get you right back in a ball game. And the 2-0 pitch, a swing and a drive, right field and deep. Back it goes, deep it goes. The Twins are back in this game. A two-out, three-run homer from Jorge Polanco. It is now a 5-3 Houston lead here in the seventh. Second career postseason home run for Polanco. A swing the Twins desperately needed here. And now they're down two. Three.
399 feet. Tucker and Wright did not even move. Twins are back in this game. Polanco, a three-run shot, two-run game, two down. Now Royce Lewis. What a swing from Jorge Polanco, demolishing that ball into right field and kind of collectively in the crowd. It's like, all right, what's going on now? I mean, we 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 had two outs and now it's just a two-run ball game and Naris promptly falls behind Royce Lewis and this happens. Naris allowed only seven home runs during the regular season, only two were hit by left-handed batters. And the 1-0 pitch, crushed to left field, down the line, deep in the corner. That ball is going to be fair and gone. Twins go back-to-back. It is 5-4 Astros here in the seventh. Royce Lewis has three hits this postseason. All three hits are home runs. Kept it fair inside the left field. Foul pole. It is a one-run game, and this place is a library right now. Twins dugout is all fired up. Lewis being graded has the fishing vest on, sunflower seeds all over his body. High five after high five, and Dusty Baker is going to make a move here in the seventh inning. The Twins had nothing going on for a while, but finally, the big boys come up with some big swings. Some traffic and some meaningful swings, and we have a ball game here in Houston. Naris is out, pitching change here at Minute Maid Park, and the Twins are down only one. And just like that, it's a one-run ball game. Dusty Baker's got to go bring in Brian Abreu. I mean, what was a comfortable lead and what you should be feeling good about in game one, you're now like, oh, oh boy, what in the world just happened? By the way, that's Corey Provis and Dan Gladden, uh, who we heard from the previous series of the uh, the Treasure Island Baseball Network, Twins Radio, on the call there. And hey, Dan Gladden's familiar with back and forth and tight ball games he of course scored the winning run all the way back in 1991 the final run of the 19 uh, of that classic extra inning uh, game seven of the world series but this is now a ball game folks right what should have been a comfortable comfortable game with your a bullpen ready to go it's now one run but Brian Abreu, he does actually end up giving up a double to Max Kepler and has to work along at bat against Alex Kirilov, but ends up getting the strikeout. Brian Abreu, he is a dog. I mean a dog back there. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal postseason reliever. Was excellent last year and is going to continue to be excellent uh, at probably all the way through this postseason. In the bottom of the seventh, after Chris Paddock, who does phenomenally in this series in in relief, he ends up striking out at Alex Bregman, but they end up bringing in old lefty Caleb Thielbar, a guy who sort of reinvented his career, was basically out of baseball for a couple of years, but came back and has been an effective reliever for the Twins. He comes in to face the lefty Jordan Alvarez. 
And Alvarez does have a bit of platoon splits, but... Well, when you make a mistake to him, he's going to punish you. He's been around the block a few times. Here's the 1-1 to Jordan. Breaking pitch. Hammer down the right field line. Fair or foul? That ball's fair! Off of the Chick-fil-A foul pole. Jordan's second home run of the ballgame. Boy, you talk about Mr. October. Got the sweeping, breaking ball. Didn't sweep enough. Got quite a bit of the outer third. First multi-homer game in the postseason in Jordan Alvarez's career. Some much-needed insurance there from Jordan Alvarez given some breathing room for this Astros bullpen. I mean, (laughs) you understand the reason to bring in the lefty, right? With Alvarez and Tucker and then eventually Brant uh, Brantley, you know, coming up later in this inning. But (laughs) if you're going to come in, you can't make mistakes. And that was a hanging breaking ball to Alvarez. And he absolutely crushed it. Now, the uh, by the way, at the, at the end of the saying, there was a really impressive play from both catcher Ryan Jeffers and, um, and Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa kind of dekes Jose Abreu on a wild pitch, making it seem like there's not going to be a play at second. So Abreu slows down. Great throw from Jeffers, and Correa's right there, takes the ball, gets... Uh, Abreu right before he steps on second base. A really impressive play. And then Carlos Correa ends up doubling off of Brian Abreu and advances to third on a wild pitch with just one out. But Brian Abreu, not worried, gets a couple strikeouts and gets a ground out, leaving Carlos Correa at third base. We end up going to the ninth. Here comes Ryan Presley. Like I said, a guy who's also uh, etching his way up the record books. Came in tied for fifth all time, like with Jason Isringhausen uh, and others for all time postseason saves. Came into this postseason with 11. but And he's facing the top of the Minnesota lineup with Eddie Julian, Jorge Polanco, and Royce Lewis, the two guys who homered. Well, he gets a ground out, a comebacker from Eddie Julian after falling behind 3-1. He then strikes out Jorge Polanco in a 2-2 count. He then gets to a 2-2 count on Royce Lewis and Ryan Presley, who's never blown a postseason save. He's going to continue that streak right here with this pitch. Fans waving those orange towels. All of them standing. Two-two to Lewis. Swing and a miss. Got him on a high fastball. And that is the ball game. The Astros take game one of the American League Division Series, defeating the Minnesota Twins by a final of six to four.
Astros get their title defense started with a victory. Ryan Presley handling the pressure. What's so interesting about Presley, and and this is especially going to be true in his appearance later in this series, is it doesn't always look easy, right? It's a lot of breaking balls. It's a lot of pitches right on the edge of the zone. And sometimes it's those breaking balls that like look right in the middle of the zone, yet somehow the hitter either fouls it off, misses it, or mishits it, right? But the past couple of years, Presley has been absolutely nails in late game situations for the Astros. I think basically like he's riding either a a long scoreless streak or a lot of outings without any earned runs given up. Same for Abreu. Now heading into game two, this is what should be a great pitching matchup, right? Framber Valdez going for the Astros who in many ways has, you know, been an ace or at least a co-ace for them, the lefty, going up against Pablo Lopez, who was phenomenal all season, great against the Blue Jays, and today he's going to be outstanding, really kind of signifying himself as a postseason pitcher. But early in this game... It's kind of clear that Framber Valdez doesn't have his best stuff, doesn't have his best command. You know, Valdez, for a guy who's a sinker baller and and, and heavy curveball use guy, he also walks a bunch of guys, right? Usually when Valdez struggles, it's with command, where then when guys get on base, they then find a way. Um, you know, they they get a mistake pitch and punish it. And that's exactly what's going to happen here. It's Carlos Correa in this game. He is going to torment his former team, his former teammates. Jorge Polanco draws a one-out walk. And then after Royce Lewis strikes out, Correa gets into a 1-1 count. He must, I mean, obviously based off of this swing, he is waiting for that Valdez curveball to tumble into the zone and tumble right in to the sweet spot of his bat. On two out, no score. And the pitch, a swing at a fly ball, left center field deep. Alvarez going back on the track at the wall, and that ball's going to be in play and off the wall. Polanco heading home. He will score. That's an RBI double for Carlos Correa. And it's one nothing Twins. A towering shot to left center field. Alvarez went over, as did the center fielder, Chaz McCormick. That ball hit off the wall. Polanco, two outs. He was off on contact. He scored easily, and the Twins jump in front, 1-0 here in Houston. He got that breaking ball for sure. I'm not sure if Alvarez, boy, he tried to get back there in time to time his leap. A great swing from Carlos Correa to get the Twins on top. Really important, you know, when you're down 1-0 in a series to come out immediately, especially the previous game in those early situations where they weren't able to come through with runners in scoring position. Something that actually, you know, kind of was a challenge for them 
in the series against the Blue Jays. It's just that their pitching was so outstanding that they were able to overcome uh, basically the failures to come through with runners in scoring position. But a great way to get started. Pablo Lopez is able to respond, has a shutdown inning in the first. And then to start the second inning, Willie Castro works a great at bat, gets a base hit. And that brings up Kyle Farmer, a guy who is pretty much in there just to rake against left-handed pitching. And that's exactly what he's going to do to start this second inning off with a bang. Castro stays as Hammer, I should say Farmer, swings and launches. Back it goes, deep it goes, and that ball's gone. Kyle Farmer on the first pitch, hammering a two-run homer to left field. It is 3-0 here in Houston. So Kyle Farmer, how about that for his first ever postseason hit? He was 0 for 10 in the postseason before that swing. First pitch ready and launching a home run out to left. And the Twins have silenced this crowd early. It is 3-0 in the second inning. It's really important to get good pitchers early, right? Because many of them have a habit of being able to settle down. We saw that with Justin Verlander in game one. So good on the Twins to take advantage of these early opportunities. Um, they aren't able to add on here. Um, Valdez, again, the sinker baller, he's able to get some ground balls, gets a, a ground ball double play later in this inning. A nice play by Alex Bregman. Um, and then what I'm really impressed in this game with is just how unafraid Pablo Lopez is. He's up there on the mound coming right after guys, getting ahead in counts, you know, coming at the, this heart of the Astros lineup with the, with the fastball, with the changeup, with his breaking ball. I mean, Lopez puts up a masterclass of an outing here is really, really outstanding. Um, and, you know, that's in key things of even going right at guys like Jordan Alvarez, getting big strikeouts, finding ways to keep these guys off the bases, keep himself out of trouble. Someone who finds himself back in trouble is Framber Valdez when we get to the fifth inning. Um, Michael A. Taylor and Donovan Solano lead off with back-to-back -back singles. They get bunted over, and then Royce Lewis draws a walk, bringing up the man of the hour, a man for the postseason, Carlos Correa. Now, Astros fans were a little frustrated with Dusty Baker here because he had the bullpen warming, right? I don't know if it was uh, – it's Phil Maton, but I can, I can understand – not wanting to go to Maton, who's a fly ball pitcher, right? With Correa up at the plate. Correa, who led the league in double plays grounded into. You know, he did have an RBI base hit against, you know, had that RBI double earlier in the game, and he just looks locked in. You know, but I can understand Dusty Baker thinking, I just want one, you know, I just need one pitch, and then we're out of it. It's only a 3 nothing game. And ultimately, hey, if we're going to win this game, Framber Valdez needs to get this guy right here. Well, Carlos Correa, like I said, man-made 
for the postseason. One ball, one strike, one out. And a pitch. Lined into center field, base hit. That's going to score Taylor. Here comes Solano. He's going to score. Twins lead 5-0. A changeup. And Carlos Correa went down and raked it into center field. Got break in the action as Dusty Baker is going to pop out of the dugout. The crowd not happy right now. Curious to see if Valdez, as he's staring at the home plate umpire right now, will depart. One out, first and third, two in, five, nothing, Minnesota. This game is sort of playing out like game one did. It's just flipped situation. Ace on the mound for the Twins. Guy getting hit around for the Astros. Five, nothing. Carlos Correa moving himself up, tying himself third all-time in postseason RBI with David Justice. I believe that's his 63rd postseason run driven in. Again, it's going to be fascinating looking at this Astros core, and I think of Correa as the Astros core, but how they're going to find themselves on the record books. Really, really impressive. Uh, Phil Maton's able to come in and get out of the jam, gets a fielder's choice, uh, and then is able to strike out Kyle Farmer. Pablo Lopez, again, he is awesome. And I mean awesome in this game. Um, by the way, the Twins are able to add on later. You know, so Pablo Lopez gets through six shutout. Twins add on in the top of the seventh with an Eddie Julian base hit. Uh, Carlos Correa's, Correa does... Uh, end up getting thrown out at home plate like pretty, pretty easily. Um, you know, but in the top of the seventh, Lopez allows a one out base hit from Chaz McCormick, who then moves over to second base after Jeremy Pena grounds out to second. A really nice play by Jorge Polanco moving to his left um, to, you know, keep the ball in the infield and then get the out. And so that brings up Yainer Diaz, who's pinch hitting for Martin Maldonado. And Pablo Lopez is one pitch away from closing out seven shutout innings in one of the toughest ballparks to pitch in, Minute Maid Park. Take a listen to the call as he's able to put his team just six outs away from evening up this series against the defending World Series champions. Diaz, Dominican board, debuted last year for just a handful of games. That's right-handed. Tuve would bat next if the inning continues. And the 1-0 pitch, fly ball playable, right field shallow, Taylor Kepler in, it's Taylor calling and catching, and the inning is over. And Pablo Lopez in his third career postseason start has spun a seven-inning shutout against the defending champs. Brilliant night for Lopez. Boy, did he deliver tonight, and the Twins lead 6-0 after seven. If you've listened to the show before, you know how much I value starting pitching. 
ace level starting pitching. Like seven plus innings, keep the runs to a minimum. That's what Pablo Lopez was able to do. An outstanding outing from the Twins ace. Exactly what they needed. Keeping down a really, really good lineup. Right? And as we're going to see in this series, that's not an easy task. Now, in the bottom of the eighth, right, after Rafael Montero comes in, has a 1-2-3 inning, Brock Stewart's going to come in. He's going to end up walking Alex Bregman. And then on the first pitch, he ends up giving up an opposite field home run to Jordan Alvarez, who hits his third already of the series. It's just the dude's unstoppable. But hey, in a 6 nothing game, two-run homer, not going to hurt you, especially when you strike out the next batter and then get, get a ground ball out. Hunter Brown comes in, ends up getting a 1-2-3 inning for the Astros, and then Yoan Duran, the guy who throws 102 with a 98-mile-per-hour splitter, and an 87-mile-per-hour fall-off-the-table breaking ball, he comes in and gets three straight ground balls. Gets a ground ball to second, a ground ball to short, easy play for Carlos Correa, and then, with Jeremy Pena at the plate, Carlos Correa's replacement, who won a gold glove last year. He's going to hit a ball hard. But Carlos Correa, in many ways, it was Pablo Lopez's game, but this is going to be remembered as the Carlos Correa game, and he puts on quite a show for this final play. The 1-1, ground ball in the hole, it's short, diving stuff, Correa to his feet, long throw, and it's in time! Kirilov stretching and catching, and the Twins win the game! Fitting way to end it, a gem of a play by Correa, throwing out Pena, and the Twins have even this series at a game apiece, winning game two, six to two, here in Houston. Correa had his biggest game as a twin by far. Pablo Lopez was magnificent, and the Twins split the two games here in Houston and retake home field advantage in this divisional series. Winning game two by four, twin six, Houston to the final tonight here at Minute Maid Park. Just incredible, incredible defense on display there from Carlos Correa. And just like that, this series is knotted up one apiece. And the real impact here, right, is because of how the off days and travel days work, right? If the Twins. You know, they'll have a chance to either win this series at home or at the very least, if they can split it at home, they'd have Pablo Lopez ready to go for game five on the road, right? The Twins know that. And with how the Astros are going to play these last two games and how Dusty Baker is going to manage it, you bet that they know that. And so, game three is going to be 
Sonny Gray, who had an outstanding year, especially at limiting the ball from going out of the ballpark. Keep that in mind. Versus Christian Javier. And based on how they pitched in the regular season, right? Advantage Twins in this game. Day game with shadows. Going to be hard to pick up that those sunny gray breaking balls. And Javier really struggled with command this year. But sometimes the postseason is a different animal, right? And guys now, they can plug in machines to, to pick up guys breaking balls, get a read on them, know exactly what they're going to be bringing to the table. And ultimately, it comes down to execution, right? You know, because you can have the best breaking ball in the world, but if you hang it in the middle of the zone, professional hitters are going to punish them. And in this first inning, right? Jose Altuve leads off with a single. Jordan Alvarez rips a ball down the down the right field line, bounces past the first baseman. They call it an error. It's a bit harsh. And then Kyle Tucker singles one through the left side, scoring Altuve, setting up first and third with just one out, a run already in. Again, like I said, you see how the responses go in these games, right? Like you you lose a game, you come on the road, you want to make sure you get the job done early. So stepping up to the plate is Jose Abreu, a guy who, as the Fox broadcast here with Adam Amin, Adam Wainwright, and A.J. Pruszynski are going to detail. Jose Abreu loves hitting breaking balls. And Sonny Gray loves to go to his breaking balls. So if he hangs one, look out. Pitch to Abreu. Is launched to left field. That one's gone. No doubt about it. Jose Abreu with a three-run blast in the first and a four-run assault on Sonny Gray. That got out quick. That's the breaking ball. You, you just talked about it. He is so good at hitting that strike breaking ball. AJ, you talked about it. Abreu saw so much of Sonny Gray throughout his career, had struggled for the most part against him, fanning on a lot of the pitches you talked about, but he made the adjustment there, and it's 4 nothing. Okay, so we just talked about fastball, 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 right? Jose Abreu hits breaking balls in the zone. Sonny Gray makes a mistake, and he doesn't give up homers. Well, Jose Abreu, this is, I mean, this is where you want a breaking ball to be thrown if you are a hitter. This ball is middle, middle, misses the, misses location, mid, I mean, that is right down the middle. And Jose Abreu, that ball is crushed. If you hang them, we bang them. Again, Abreu had the worst year as a major leaguer this year, ever since he's come over from Cuba all the way back. I believe it was in 2014, right? Like he was, he's been a paragon of consistency of like 20 to 30 homers, hundred RBIs hits. Well, slowed down a bit after winning the MVP in 2020, but it was just shocking. But as it turns out, he might've just been hurt 
right? Had a back issue, went on the IL, came back, final month of the season, was on fire. A big reason why the Astros won the division was in that series against the Diamondbacks, Abreu had the big hit in every single one of them. Couple homers, couple of doubles, just outstanding. And he's continuing that in this series. Now, the man on the mound for the Astros is Christian Javier, who flat out did not have a good year, did not have his stuff. But there's just something about the postseason where this guy, he just flips a switch. His last two postseason outings last year, one hit combined between the two of them, right? He started that game where they threw the postseason no-hitter and no runs given up. And starting today, he's going to be outstanding yet again. Strikes out Eddie Julian to start the game, to start the game. But then he does give up a walk to Jorge Polanco. Then Max Kepler doubles one off the wall, setting up second and third with Royce Lewis and Carlos Correa coming up. Javier makes quick work of Royce Lewis, striking him out on three pitches, getting him waving at pitches out of the zone. And then he gets ahead of Carlos Correa, the guy who came up huge, came up huge in the previous game. And like, you're looking for that response, but Javier is going to shut it down immediately. And you know, if Minnesota wants to put a, couple of these runs at least that runner on third base across the plate right here to get back into this game a little bit swing the momentum back their way Correa's got to make contact a one-two he could not catch up with the fastball and Javier gets out of the jam works around the walk and double and leaves two in scoring position what a big strikeout there from Javier again keeping them off the board shut down innings they are so, so critical when you get to the postseason. And like this game, Javier is going to be outstanding. That hit he gave up to Kepler, that's going to be the only hit he gives up in this game. He is going to end up walking uh, and hitting some guys, but he is going to avoid any damage done, you know? And you know, I will say credit to Sonny Gray after that first inning. He does figure it out for the next three innings, able to put up zeros in the second, third, and fourth. But we get to the top of the fifth, and Alex Bregman steps up to the plate. And once again, Sonny Gray, who's so reliant on those breaking balls, sometimes what happens when you throw so many breaking balls, there's going to be a chance that you hang one of them. And this is yet another one of those instances, and Alex Bregman is going to capitalize. Gray had only allowed four runs in the first inning this entire season. Before today, gave up a four spot in the first inning. The 1-1, and Bregman hits it high in the air, pretty deep to left field, going back on it. Walner at the wall, he leaps, and it's gone! Alex Bregman goes yard, and the Astros have a 5-0 lead. Bregman with his 16th career postseason home run, and 13 of those 16 postseason home runs 
have been off of all-stars like Sonny Gray. Well, here's a moonshot to left field. And Walner had trouble in the sun. He couldn't see it for the longest time. Ended up into the first row. It's interesting in the first three games of this series, the teams have jumped out to five nothing leads. And they've all been able to hold on to them as the Astros are going to be able to do in this game. But a lot of that is due to the fact that the starting pitchers who have been granted these leads, right, have been able to keep the other teams from scoring. Like they've had plenty of opportunities with runners in scoring position. And that's going to happen once again for Christian Javier. He's going to walk the bases loaded. Right? Walk, walks Willie Castro, walks Eddie Julian, walks Jorge Polanco. And so this is crunch time here, right? Like another opportunity for the Twins. But he's going to strike out Max Kepler on three pitches. And then Royce Lewis, the young star, the young breakout star for the Twins. Well, he's just no match for Javier in this postseason. Well, it doesn't feel like a 5 nothing game. And with one big swing, the Twins could be down by a run. Carlos Correa on deck. The 1-2 to Lewis. Swing and a miss! Struck him out of the slider in the dirt! And the Twins leave him loaded. Christian Javier with some tall pitching. Loaded the bases with one out but gets out of it with back-to-back punch-outs. We go to the six. In game three of the American League Division Series, Astros five, Twins nothing. The ninth strikeout for Christian Javier. Five shutout innings. He's not a guy who necessarily goes deep in the games. This is kind of a typical outing for him, which, you know, he's either going to walk guys or he's going to get you to expand his zone really limiting contact, but it's exactly what the Astros need. They can turn to their bullpen uh, to get the outs that they need. And in the top of the six, the Astros are going to add on yet again, Alex Bregman picking up another RBI base hit to drive in Martin, uh, to drive in um, Jeremy Pena and Pena who has been quiet offensively but he is going to make an impactful, impactful play in the bottom of the six when the Twins are looking to bounce back here, right? Hunter Brown comes into the game, Carlos Correa leads off with a single, and then moves up on a two-out walk from from Matt Walner. Willie Castro gets a line drive to right field to bring in Correa, and so now it's a 6-1 ball game with another runner in scoring position. This is, again, can make the... the twins have a chance to make this game interesting, maybe make Dusty Baker go to his A bullpen. And with Ryan Jeffers at the plate, he's going to hit a ball ball hard that looks like it's destined, destined for center field and destined to bring in a run. But Jerry, Jeremy Pena, he'll have nothing of the sort. But these fans have hung tough. Still waving those Homer hankies to 2 1. And that's a ground ball. Pena dives to his left, stops it, shovels the second for one. On the first, two! 
6-4-3 on the double play. Jeffers slams his helmet into the ground after he crosses first base. Inning over. And that's the rookie Gold Glover from a season ago. Up the middle, and he takes away a base hit, seemingly. And the Astros cash in. What an outstanding play by Jeremy Pena. Getting that double play. Diving. Oh, my goodness. Exactly what you need to make sure that this doesn't become a ball game, right? Great call there, too, by uh, by Robert Ford. That two, I mean, that's just, it, it, you're able, I love getting the local radio when you in, in the postseason because you're able to get that energy that you don't always necessarily get from the broadcasters. I will say on Fox, uh, Adam Amin is really, really good. I, I really liked their broadcast. Uh, with Wainwright and Krasinski, they provide some pretty good insights. And Amin does a great job of bringing in a lot of energy to the calls. Kind of reminds me of a guy we'll hear later on some shows, Brian Anderson of TBS. So disappointing for the Twins. They are able to put up a couple of zeros. Um, and Baker actually does go to his main guys, right? He brings in uh, with the top of the lineup. He brings in Brian Abreu, who puts together a one, two, three inning in the seventh brings in Phil Maton in the eighth who has a one, two, three. And then in the top of the ninth, you know, the twins Rocco Baldelli, who uh, again, not having a starter go deep other than Lopez. He actually goes back to the game. One starter, Bailey Ober, who of course allowed two home runs, including to Jordan Alvarez. And well, guess who's leading off the top of the ninth. It's Air Jordan. 2-2. And Alvarez belts it to right. Pretty deep. Going back. Kepler on the warning track. Looking up. See you later. A high majestic shot by Jordan Alvarez. His fourth home run of the series. And it is 7-1 Astros. Boy, Alvarez has been a wrecking crew against the Twins in this series. They haven't been able to figure him out at all. Third extra base hit of the ball game for Jordan and he takes the familiar trot six hits in this series all of them for extra bases 23 foot high wall in right and right center there is a limestone ledge that leans out in part of right field that's where Alvarez hit that ball Kepler went back thinking he might have a chance to make a play the fourth homer for Alvarez, and I bet Twins fans just want nothing, nothing to do with Jordan Alvarez. They w- would like to never see him ever again, just as Seattle Mariner fans would likely never want to see Jordan Alvarez after what he did to them in the postseason last year. Alvarez loves the division series and loves to hit homers, uh, is tormenting the American League. And hey, After Bailey Ober walks Kyle Tucker, Jose Abreu is going to want to etch his name in the history books of Astros in the division series wrecking havoc. 1-0. And that is hammered deep to left field. Kiss it goodbye. Second home run of the day for Jose Abreu. This one's a two-run shot. He's driven in five. Astros' lead is 9-1. to 
Boy, second time Abreu's gone to the second deck in left field. The pull power for Jose is real in Minneapolis. What a display. Just a clobbering of the Minnesota pitching staff by these Houston Astros. Abreu, second homer of the game, five runs driven in, six runs driven in already in this series. That is exactly what you're looking for if you're the Houston Astros. A convincing Game 3 win, putting you just one win away from the seventh straight championship series in Houston. These guys, man, (laughs) they are dangerous. And so that sets up game four. It's going to be a pitching matchup between Joe Ryan and Jose Urquidy. And early in this game, the Twins are going to put pressure on from the outset, but a very key play happens. Eddie Julian, who's gotten off to a pretty good start this postseason, doubles off the right field wall, putting himself in scoring position immediately. And he's getting aggressive off of second base. Now, as we're going to see with the breakdown of this play, I'm just going to talk about its importance and not about over-aggressive base running or anything. This is a case of horrible luck for the twins especially with 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 what happens after this play but eddie julian is getting his secondary off and jorge polanco is looking to drive him in looking to square up a baseball and he's going to hit a ball relatively hard just in the absolute worst possible place he could hit it Polanco, back up the middle, caught by Pena, diving attempt at the tag. What a play by Jeremy Pena. Julian tried to get back to that second base bag, but that is another exceptional and important defensive play by the Gold Glover. A double play in the first. The hardest play as a base runner. You know that you know the shortstop's right behind you, but you always take that one step. See the quick step? Where you took the one half step, freeze. You never freeze, you always take one quick step, and then the ball is hit right to him, right where Payne could catch it and dive and tag Julian. Julian actually did that right, base running wise, but there's nothing you can do as a base runner. What a play by Jeremy Pena coming in to get that ball and tag him all in one motion for the double play. What looked like danger for the Astros erased just like that. And I say that's especially bad luck because this happens just a few pitches later with Royce Lewis at the plate. Lewis hits it high, hits it deep to left. What a recovery. One nothing Minnesota.
Here's Kepler taking a big cut. Royce Lewis from down 0-2 in the count. Fouls away a 1-2 and hits his fourth home run of the postseason. And they're back to life here at Target Field. What a swing there by Lewis sitting back on a changeup, catching it out on out front and getting it out of there in a hurry. It's funny enough, right before that, AJ Przinsky was talking about how Urquidy likes to use his changeup against lefties. That's why he's more effective against lefties than righties. And he hangs a changeup right there in the middle of the zone. Um, gets the crowd going after they were deflated a little bit after that line drive double play. Um, but Urquidy uh, is able to respond, get a pop-up from Max Kepler. Now, Joe Ryan's on the mound uh, for the Twins, guy who's a bit of a sidewinder, right? They got him from the Rays for Nelson Cruz. Been a good trade for them. But Michael Brantley steps up with two outs in the top of the second. Brantley, who was hurt for most of the year, missed last season with an injury. A guy who not a lot of power, right? You know, not, you know, thought more of as a professional hitter, right? But here he is doing some damage in the postseason for the Astros. Here comes the 0-1. And Brantley hits it in the air, pretty deep to right. Going back on it, Kepler still going back, looking up. See you later! Just over the 23-foot high wall in right center field for Brantley. And it is a 1-1 ball game. Brantley with his first home run of the postseason. Oh, the Twins have seen that for years and years when Michael was playing in the American League Central with Cleveland. Such an explosive hitter taking advantage on a pitch on the inner third of the plate and just turning on it. Fifth career postseason home run for Brantley. What a swing for Michael Brantley. Gotta feel good for him knowing that he missed out on the World Series run the year before. And, you know, he wants to be a part of this team and man if he gets it going just think about how much that lengthens this dangerous Astros lineup because if it's you got that top four right that is just so so tough to deal with and then you add in Abreu and Brantley and with the way Chas McCormick can swing at times man that is a tough tough group to deal with um and by the way, after this, Jose Urquidy just decides to go on a strikeout rampage, striking out the side in the bottom of the second, striking out two batters in the bottom of the third. And in the top of the fourth, Caleb Thielbar comes in after Joe Ryan pitches just three innings because the Astros have three out of four batters being lefty with Alvarez, Tucker, and then Brantley. The problem is... In the middle of that is Jose Abreu, and Thielbar is unable to retire Jordan Alvarez, who gets a line drive deep into right center, rips a ball, right? Thielbar has not done his job of getting Alvarez out. He is able to strike out Kyle Tucker, but that brings up Jose Abreu, and Thielbar's staying in, of course, because he has to face. He has to face Abreu because of the three-batter minimum. 
but he elects not to pitch around him in order to get to Michael Brantley. And that ends up being a costly mistake because Jose Abreu is scorching hot at the plate right now. Abreu with those two homers yesterday, and they just worked two measly homers. 1-0 pitch is rifled right center field and deep. Going back on it. Good wood. Good night. Abreu with a two-run shot to right center field. And the Astros lead 3-1. to one. Abreu with three homers in the last two games. We talked about it yesterday when we had Abreu on after the game, how much better he looks after coming back from that stint on the IL in August for a back injury that had been bothering him most of the year. And we're seeing it in the division series. Well, that's the that's the game you play when you bring in a lefty to face a minimum of three hitters against the Astros. What a great swing from Jose Abreu staying on that ball, going opposite field and hitting frankly, a no-doubter, basically off the facade of the second deck, high up there in right center. My goodness, what a swing from Jose Abreu. And in these middle innings, right, you know, Jose Urquidy just keeps on keeping on, you know, putting up zeros in the fourth and in the fifth. Chris Paddock uh, comes in and matches him Pitches excellent and looks awesome, almost making it wonder, man, if Paddock's looking this good, maybe why didn't he start one of those games? But, you know, again, he wasn't as this effective in the regular season. And, you know, guys can look good one or two th- times through the order, maybe not multiple times. You never know. Anyway, we're going to go to the bottom of the six. And the broadcast talk is talking about it, that Urquidy – is a guy who, you know, hasn't been extended much lately, right? 75 pitches. He's coming up. That's right around where Dusty Baker wanted him to get to, right? And it's going to be batter by batter. And he's able to get Michael A. Taylor to ground out on the first pitch, but up steps Eddie Julian, the rookie from Canada who has gotten off to a really good start this postseason. Is just a darn good hitter and he's going to get into a 2-1 count and he's going to make this game a heck of a lot more interesting than the 3-1 game it just was again it's going to be hitter to hitter now yeah 74 pitches this will be a 75th i know it's performance based but at the same time dusty wants to win this game at all costs he's got a lead he wants to win it get out of here series over Julian lifts one the other way, well struck to left, Brantley ranging back at the wall, and Edward Julian comes up with his first playoff home run as a big leaguer, it cuts the lead to one in the
the crowd. Welcome. Here goes the crowd. They just needed something to believe in. And sometimes it's just one swing of the bat that can ignite a team and ignite a crowd. What a swing to fire up a crowd. Get them. I mean, they were already engaged with uh, with how close this game has been, but the game's even closer. Dusty Baker does elect to stay with one more batter, allows Urquidy to face Jorge Polanco, who works a full count and hits one deep to center field, but target field's pretty deep out to center, and Chaz McCormick runs it down in right center. Dusty Baker takes a slow walk out to the mound with a smile, takes the ball from Urquidy, says, hey, five and two-thirds, two runs on two solo home runs, that'll work just all right. Let me hand it off to the bullpen. Now, he doesn't go to Brian Abreu here. He goes to Hector Neris, which might seem like a decision. Right. And especially after Hector Neris, after getting ahead of Royce Lewis, ends up walking him. I remember watching it with my dad. I'm like seeing Lewis swing at a splitter in the dirt. And I was like, don't throw him anything else. And he didn't. It's just that Lewis was able to lay off all the splitters. But that brings in Max Kepler, who gets to a two strike count. Royce Lewis takes off to try to steal second base. And a curious strike three is called. Ball definitely off the plate inside. Wasn't a strike, but home plate umpire calls it strike three. Kepler furious at the call, but we go on to the seventh inning. And it's basically the rest of this game is just a bunch of strikeouts from the bullpens. Both of these bullpens have electric, nasty stuff, right? Just absolutely filthy from both of these bullpens where, you know, whether, whether it's Hector Neris, Griffin Jacks, Yohan Duran, Brian Abreu. Yeah. It's going to be a ton of swings and misses at the end of this ball game. But I will say it is great tension, right? In a one run ball game, like that can be electric, especially when the stuff is electric and the guys are coming at one another. Pretty impressive. So we're no more runs scored. Couple of base runners, you know, Jose Abreu ends up getting a base hit off of Yohan Duran. But that brings us to the ninth inning. Ryan Presley on the mound, looking to keep his his string of postseason saves going. And he's got the top of the order. Well, basically the middle of the order, Polanco, Lewis, and Kepler. Anyone gets on. If anyone gets on, it's going to be Carlos Correa, the former Astro, with the game on the line. So Ryan Presley and Dusty Baker, well, they want none of that. I remember watching this. Presley falls behind Jorge Polanco 3-1, but comes back, strikes him out with a slider. And then he ends up working a 3-2 count on Royce Lewis and throws the filthiest curveball in the 3-2 count perhaps I've ever seen of just like, oh yeah, you've got no shot at that. No, no shot, Royce Lewis. Good try, kid. And then Max Kepler comes in. He was hosed on a bad call, 
but he is going to get in a 3-2 count. Final strike, down to their final strike. The Astros one strike away from going back to the championship series, their seventh straight, the Twins desperately hoping that their season can stay alive. Presley, who's run the count full on every batter in this inning, but has struck them all out. Here you go. Final pitch. Big moment. Carlos Correa on deck. What do you got, Ryan Presley? What do you got, Max Kepler? Take a listen. Left-handed hitter back in the box. Waiting for a 3-2 from Presley. Here it comes. Strike three call on the outside corner. And that is the ball game. And that is the series. The Houston Astros defeat the Minnesota Twins by a final of 3-2. And they take the ALDS three games to one. For a seventh straight year, the American League Championship Series will include the Houston Astros. Handshake line forming on the third base side. The Twins give the Astros everything they could handle. But Ryan Presley finishes it off by striking out the side as the Astros have a date with the Texas Rangers in the American League Championship Series beginning on Sunday night at Minute Maid Park. Pretty subdued celebration on the field right now. Imagine it won't be nearly as subdued once the guys pop some champagne in the clubhouse. What a pitch there from Presley. 95 on the black. Maldonado sticks it. Kepler, you can hear him go, oh, no. Ah, it, there's an old old adage, too close to take, but you can also understand why he took it because he was frozen by that. What sequencing from Presley, who pretty much was reserving the fastball for that for that pitch. You're thinking about the breaking ball. You're thinking about the slider. You might even be thinking about the changeup. Man, Presley, the stones on that guy. I mean, that without that was a such a tense game, right? Like that energy in that ballpark. And what was so cool was guys executing their pitches, right? As a former pitcher myself, right? Like that execution, that commitment, right? And the electric stuff. <laughs> Let's not forget about that. Man, how about them Astros, baby? One guy I root for with the Astros is Dusty Baker. He was the manager of my favorite team, the Nationals, for a bit, and I think they unfairly let him go. Obviously, the Nats went on to win a World Series, so, you know, kind of it's all forgotten and all forgiven. But Dusty Baker got his World Series last year, and, well, he knows who he's going to go face, and he is ready. He is ready for that matchup with the Rangers. Here's Dusty on the field after the game with Tom Verducci. Dusty, you're going back to the American League Championship Series. Your pitching staff came in here to Minnesota two games, allowing three runs on just six hits. What does that say about your staff? Well, especially our bullpen today. I mean, uh, the staff was great. 
Rakiti was outstanding today. He gave us all he had. Uh, everybody. I mean, this is a team, a team, team win. And I tell you, I, was, I feel great for Press. I mean, this, I mean, this guy, you know, he's he's done it before. And uh, hey, now me and Bruce Bochy need to battle. Well, now you can look ahead. You will see the Texas Rangers, the Battle of Texas for the ALCS. <laughs> what are your initial thoughts about seeing the Rangers again? Well, hey, man, they know us, and we know them. And uh, I know Bruce, and he knows me. And I know Mike Maddox, and hey, it's going to be a heck of a, heck of a, heck of a series. You mentioned Presley and the job that he did for you tonight. I'm sure you knew who was waiting in the on-deck circle if Kepler was able to extend the game. Oh, yeah, we knew. And I, I, I was trying not to have nightmares, but I remember when Carlos was with us, he hit that ball up in the right center field seats up there, but uh, we never got to Carlos. So that was a great, great victory. Thank Thanks, God. Dusty. We'll see you in the ALCS. Thank you. Praise God for that. Bruce Bochy was asked about uh, going off to face Dusty Baker uh, in the past few days and said, what's the difference between them? And he's like, well, Dusty was a better hitter, <laughs> which if you compare their two careers, Dusty Baker was a star. Bruce Bochy uh, was a backup catcher. <laughs> That's all that needs to be said. But as managers, they've both had a ton of success. Of course, Bochy, much more postseason success with three World Series, but that is going to be an incredible matchup you know, of guys, two teams that know each other, two great managers, Justin Verlander, and likely we're going to get Max Scherzer back for the series. Man, I cannot wait. It's going to be incredible, and we're going to cover it here. We don't do predictions here. We do reactions here. Uh, I'm not in the predicting business because, like I said, with in the previous episode, you can think you know what's going to happen and you'll be wrong. Um, all I'm hoping for is that we get a great series. And frankly, I'm expecting one uh, between these two great teams, the battle for Texas. That'll do it here for us. Coming up next will be recaps on the National League bracket. Probably going to do Diamondbacks and Dodgers first uh, before Phillies. I don't know whether or not I will um, do that as one complete episode as, or as two separate episodes. We shall see because obviously there's going to be a lot of drama with Phillies and Braves. That probably deserves its own slot. Anyway, so excited. This postseason has been great, and I think the best is only ahead of us. Catch you next time on Fall Classic Rewind.